Hello, welcome to the brand new, the first edition, the first ever, ever episode of the Battle Line Podcast. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Captain Matt Satterley. With me is my co-host and uh, co-host in life, uh, my wife, Captain Jamie Satterley. Say hello, Jamie. Hey. Also with us here is our co-host and producer, Elizabeth. How are you, Elizabeth? I am so great and I'm totally stoked to be here. All right. So this podcast comes as an offshoot of our ministry here um, at the Salvation Army's national headquarters um, with Matt's work as the uh, national youth secretary and his youth ministry around the nation and and with Peer Magazine, we're on the editor, um, which is the Salvation Army's publication for Gen Z. Uh, we see the situations um, that our young people and our young adults face uh, daily are are intense. They're tough situations. And so uh, the Battle Line podcast is intended for um really for everybody, but for millennials and, and generation Zers to discover more about community and faith and culture and, and to kind of better understand the Salvation Army's uh, role in that. The idea behind this podcast was really born uh, from a time in our lives when we were in community with this group of people who would sit down, whether it was at the lunch table or in a library or um, when we were setting up for events or any number of places. And we were kind of just have conversation um, around different tables. And um, these were people of different ages and races and cultures and socioeconomic backgrounds. And we would talk about everything um, from important things like um, experience with racial discrimination or even not so important things like um, like who's the goat when it comes to the NBA, um, which I guess to some people, that's probably pretty important. Um, but that group was so important to us, and it kind of helped us grow, um, you know, as as people, but as disciples of Jesus, and it added such value to our lives. And so that's kind of our dream for this podcast. That's what we want this to be, conversations about um, important things and not-so-important things that, um, you know, even those not-so-important things might actually turn out to be important in the lives of our listeners. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Captain Jamie. We named this podcast, we gave it the name The Battle Line uh, because it, it's the place, it's that place, it's that line, it's that 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 battle front, that battle line where, where faith and culture and community all collide. Like I think of it as, you know, you've seen those old movies of the civil war or the revolutionary war, or even in the, you know, world war one or world war two things where, um, the, you know, the enemy basically like two armies line up and they just, uh, face one another. And sometimes we, some, we, think that that's what faith and culture are, a place where they collide. So the idea is to talk about both of those things, uh, faith, culture, even community. And hopefully through this podcast, we'll, it will encourage you. It'll make you laugh, make you think. Um, but most importantly, we're, we're praying and hoping that this podcast would, would lead people to, to Jesus. And today's episode, um, we're going to kind of start off on a light note, um, and look at kind of the highlights of pop culture in 2020 and see what biblical truths we can find in it. This is kind of an odd year for this because of the pandemic. Uh, so much, um, I guess, of, of movies and TV. And so all that has changed um, because of quarantines and shutdowns. But even um, in all of that unsettledness, there have been some really great things that have come out in 2020. And so we just want to kind of talk about these highlights of pop culture and see what biblical truths we can find. So we're going to hop right in. 
All right. So, uh, Elizabeth and uh, Captain Jamie, do you want to guess? Because I know it's a weird year, 2020, the pandemic, but um, do you want to? So, the, the top movie of the year that we're going to discuss is uh, Bad Boys for Life, was the top was the top movie of 2020. Can you believe it? It, it no, came out. This is, sorry. This is so crazy to me because I can't even remember like movie going to movies. I can't, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was knives out, but I don't even know if that was in 2020. It feels like forever. Take a guess, best guess of, cause you know how long 2020s felt like it's felt more than a year for sure. It's felt like a lifetime. Guess what date, or at least try to get the month that bad boys for life came out in theaters. I'm going to go with February. That's pretty close. January 17th. January 17th was the movie. The top movie of the year was out 17 days into the new year, but we just didn't know, you know? So Bad Boys for Life, I think everybody here, everybody listening to this should know it, or if not, you could Google it really, really quickly. But um, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Cops, you know, great stuff. Uh, the the normal uh you know, normal cop drama thing that we saw. Um, but then, yeah, this movie, this movie actually made $424 million in January. That's why it's the top movie, but then the pandemic hit. So is it fair? That's the question. Is it fair to say this is the top movie when everything else pretty much just shut down, uh, right after this? Yeah. I don't know. Like if you, if in a normal year, if you said, what was the best movie and somebody said bad boys for life, you'd be like, mm, what? But <laughs> Um, Rotten Tomatoes, the audience rating on it was 96%. So really, like, that's people very love this movie. Like they just, they loved it. And I was thinking like, I think, I don't think the studio expected it to be a hit because January is like the wasteland of movies where, you know, everything comes out, everything that's good that a studio like really wants to do well comes out in December, I guess, because of the holidays, people have time off. They, they go see the movies. So January is like where studios put movies that they think are going to tank. It's like where movies go to die a quiet death. So I think that, that when they released this, even the studio didn't think because Bad Boys for Life or Bad Boys like the second one wasn't great. It, it didn't do well. So I think I think it surprised even the people who put it out, which is hilarious. For sure. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the like truth, because that's what we want to do with this podcast is like, what what are what's the faith uh, aspect? What what are some of the positive messages, some of the timeless truths that we can get out of this movie? So um, Bad Boys for Life, I think one of the th first things you see right off the bat is the relationship between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, which is a lot to talk about loyalty and friendship, which is a very, you know, a great positive message. Everybody needs loyal friends, right? Ride or die friends. Um and so uh, I think uh, uh, just a Bible verse that come, came to mind as soon as I was thinking, like, what are some of the truths about this is, is Proverbs 18, 24 that says a man of many companions may come to ruin. But here's the great line, the, the second part of this verse. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And there, you know, we we uh, ascribe this verse to uh, Jesus a lot because of, uh, he is he is a friend to us and he does he he's he knows more about us than brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a. A good thing to that we can see, like in in the Bible, in a couple of different places, you got David and Jonathan, who like Jonathan's dad was trying to you know kill David, hated him, um, but still Jonathan was a loyal friend to him. Um, you have like Ruth and Naomi, who were mother in law and daughter in law, but still friends, and um, you know left a whole culture to go and be um, with her mother in law. So we see this kind of dynamic played out a lot in the Bible. I think the important truth for us to realize is like, it's great to have a ride or die friend, but you got to make sure that your ride or die friend 
is like the right friend to have with you, right? For sure, um, for sure. Some, That's a great some point. Of your, some of these friends, they might be right or die, but that whole dying thing might come when they drag you off a cliff. Right. And so like we want to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with people who are going to push us forward and not like lead us down some kind of crazy road. Captain Jamie and I have been youth ministers and, you know, how many times um, have we talked to people who have said, oh, you know, I just got in with some bad friends and now my life's like this. So, um, and I don't, last thing about this before we get ready to move on from this one is I don't want to uh, ruin the movie for somebody who hasn't seen it. So I don't want to spoil alert anything, but another timeless truth that's in here is revenge. The whole uh, message of revenge um, so again, I can't get into too much detail because then it'll ruin the movie for somebody. Um, but, uh, what do you guys think? What, what, what Captain Jamie, Elizabeth, what, what do you think about, let's just talk for a minute about revenge. What does revenge look like in our culture? Oh man. I mean, I think that it's, a uh, like if we're talking about culture outside of faith, um, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful thing. You see it, it's a, pretty common movie trope, but also, you know, you see it a lot in, in, um, you know, books and then even in just in people's lives where, you know, you're going to, you hit me, I'm going to hit back. Um, you know, I'm not going to let anybody treat me like a punk. And some people say, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna let anybody, you know, disrespect me. Um, and so I think we see it played out a lot. It's a dangerous road for sure. Um, you know, it can lead you back. I'm just trying to, I'm just thinking of all the movies um, where, you know, somebody goes after somebody and they end up getting taken down. Uh, I would just like to say revenge and football, which is my favorite sport. Um, <laughs> the second person is always the one that gets caught. Like the first person is never the one that goes down, right? It's always the second person who hits back, who gets the penalty. Um, so, you know, in those moments of heatedness, it's human nature, I think, for us to want to strike back. Um, but if football teaches you anything, it's that the person who hits back is the person that goes down for it. So yeah, be careful. And, and, and when talking about faith, I mean, Jesus he really flips this, flips this on his head, you know, the flips this on our heads. The, the, the Lord says in Romans, uh, you know, uh, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath for it's written. I will avenge. And then it says this on the contrary, when you, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you'll uh, heat burning coals on his head. So to learn about a little more about revenge, perhaps probably uh, not the way that we should uh, deal with revenge is to see bad boys for life. And uh, yeah, I just want to say like, it's such a, you know, the, the Bible does this to us all the time, kind of smacks us right in the face with something that's totally against our nature. Um, and I think this is a clear example of that where, again, our human nature is to want to fight back. It's to want to defend ourselves. It's to want to, um, you know, kind of get back at the other person. Um, but instead, you know, the word says, turn the other cheek. Wait, you want me to offer them something good? Like, it's so, it's just so contrary to what, um, what our, our instinct is. Um, but the, the great thing about it is, you know, say, be more like, be more like Jesus. That's what Jesus displayed. Um, you know, turning the other cheek, not fighting back at the people who, who like spent all their time trying to persecute him. Um, but the great thing is that he also offers us not only a great example in that, but also help along the way. Right. Like, yes, it's against our nature, but we can do it. And he's there to help us. All right. Well, the, uh, the second movie of the year is one uh, probably a few more people have heard of. Um, it's a movie that's, what, 103 years old now. Um, 
Give it to uh, 1917, the World War One drama. Um, Elizabeth or Captain Jamie, have you seen this movie? Uh, that's a no. Yeah, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. So don't make fun of me, but I am that one guy in America that still gets the DVDs from <laughs> Netflix. So... <laughs> So, yeah. So that's it. Listen, when you have kids, listen, millennials, Generation Z people out there, listen to Uncle Matt. There's a character on Fraggle Rock called Uncle Matt. I'm going to refer to him a couple of times. Listen, Uncle Matt, when you have kids, you don't get to go willy nilly to the movie theaters anymore. So sometimes you have to get the discs from 1984. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I did watch 1917 on a DVD sent to me. Um, so again, a uh, great movie. Uh, I think it had Oscar buzz, but really, and that's, what's funny is what are the Oscars going to be like this year? We only have like five movies to choose from. And, uh, and like, they're really are allowing streaming stuff to get in there now, but sorry, that's off the point. Um, we don't have to talk about 1917 too much. I mean, you, you see the same thing. There's loyalty and friendship. It's about two, two guys. Uh, one is trying to go and save his brother. And so they're trying to get the message, uh, to their fellow soldiers. So it's two brothers. I mean, two, sorry, two friends running around. Um, so there's loyalty, there's courage, there's duty, sort of the same thing we talked about for bad boys for life. We don't need to get in that to too much. Um, a fun fact about this movie, um, there is one shot in the movie that, is eight and a half minutes before they cut away. A take was eight and a half minutes long, which doesn't seem like that much, but that is forever uh, in movie time. I mean, this is my first time podcasting right now, and eight minutes seems like an eternity. <laughs> well, also, yeah, I can attest to the fact that, um, you know, we filmed a lot of videos in our previous life as youth pastors, and uh, one continuous shot is not a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they're professionals. Sure. We weren't, sure. but still, I can't imagine doing one long eight and a half minute shot. Do you guys see any other, any truce or anything like that that you wanted to add into uh, 1917 in the discussion? I mean, if I had seen it, I probably would. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Listen, Bad Boys for Life, 484 million, but a, a story based on real life of 1917, a, a, an event that changed the face of the world forever. And we're like, now nah, it wasn't worth to get the DVD. So that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> All right. The next one. This one blows my mind that this is the third biggest, the most, you know, most watched, most uh, gross sales, ticket sales of uh, 2020. Yeah. Can you believe so- Sonic the Hedgehog, folks? <laughs> when I saw this on the list, the I was Hedgehog. like, uh, is this for real? Is this real Listen, life? Ha- so there's a guy, Chris Flanagan is a salvationist and he has this, uh, podcast called critics without credentials. And he says a great line in this. He said, you know, I've gone to some movies and after after things have started open with the coronavirus, and I have to ask myself, is this movie worth going to in the theaters and catching the coronavirus? Is this worth being the last movie I ever saw in theaters? And I have to ask myself that about Sonic the Hedgehog. If you had saw, if you, if you're one of those souls who went out there and saw Sonic the Hedgehog in March uh, or whenever this movie came out. And this was the last movie you ever saw in theaters. Would that bother you that you were like, wow, the movie theaters, like the apocalypse happened, theaters got shut down. And the last movie I went and saw is Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, I love going to the movies. There's just something about it. I don't mind, um, you know, paying to go do it if it's a good movie, but there's no way I'm dropping like movies are expensive. There's no way I'm dropping, you know, 30 bucks on Sonic the Hedgehog. And then for that to be the last $30 I dropped in a movie theater, mm, that's a rough look. 
They, you know, this, uh, I, I have heard that there is seriously, cause it's 2020, there is some Oscar buzz around this movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. Just take that for a moment. I don't know. You guys wouldn't remember Elizabeth. You're too young to remember, but they made a live action version of super Mario brothers <laughs> once. I do remember. That, remember movie, <laughs> that movie was, this, this is the, the opinions expressed are my own here and not those of the Salvation Army. That movie was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. So do you know this movie actually was supposed to come out in 2016, but um, they had to redraw Sonic. They did, they did, they computer animated him and people, they did like this little glimpse of what he will look like and people on the internet went ballistic. And so they had to change him. So they, they redrew him and made him a little more cartoony. And uh, so, yeah, it was supposed to come out in 2016. It wasn't, this How year, crazy is course, it that, that they were so invested in this movie that they not just made it the first time, but then went back and remade it again? I feel like I would just be yeah, like, Jamie, listen, mm, it's cut, it's cut the run. third. It was the third best movie of the year. <laughs> third best movie of the year. They knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the fact that they mess it up so bad the first time worked out really well for them because now it got released in a year where it's the third best of the third best of the year what a flex uh so yeah and uh again we're sensing a theme for this year but you want to guess what one of the truths and themes is for a positive messages from this movie oh, i cannot uh, imagine loyalty loyalty and friendship <laughs> of course there it is you know uh you're sensing the theme bad boys for life 1917 and uh, a relationship between sonic and i think that actor's name is james marsden am i saying that correct yeah, yeah. I, uh, I can't imagine like i feel like we're hitting the bottom of the barrel and not just because it's 2020 but like really there are no movies to be we're so like at the at the end of our creativity that this is what we're bringing to the table i know let's take a video game from the i don't know the 90s and revive it. Pop quiz, Captain Jamie. What video game console did Sonic the Hedgehog come out on? Listen, don't try me. No, don't think Stay about it. Just Genesis. go. There he goes. Good job. Yes, don't don't try me. You. <laughs> That's right. Why are you trying to? Yes, don't come for me. All right. All right. All right. Last last movie. It's, uh, there's a lot of movies that uh, were out that didn't even come close because it's 2020. But the, the, the fourth last movie we'll talk about here um, was uh, Jumanji, the next level. Mm, Captain I Jamie, it. I know you're a fan of Jumanji. Do you want to, uh, you want to jump right in there? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love this movie. I can remember watching it as a kid when the original came out with Robin Williams, which I mean, I don't, I don't, I was suspicious when they re you know, rebooted it. Like, how are we going to do this without Robin Williams? Um, but I watched the the first reboot or the first, I guess, I don't even remember what that movie was called when it came back out a couple of years ago. I finally watched it on an airplane, um, which was like a great, it was a great plane watch. Um, I'm pretty sure I cackled out loud several times, disrupting, it was an overnight flight, so disrupting the people um, around me. But I loved it and I thought it was smart for them to reboot it as a video game, which we'll talk a little bit about later, but um you know, I, I, I was really nervous going into it thinking like, man, is this going to be terrible? Are they going to ruin something that was so great? Um, but it was, it was funny. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, Elizabeth, have you seen any of the Jumanji's? I am not cool. So I have seen none of the Jumanji's. Seriously, not even the one that was made back in the nineties with, with, uh, Robin Williams. I, 
it is it is beyond my my times. <laughs> Elizabeth, you need to watch it. it yeah. I mean, like now it's cheesy because uh, it, you know yeah, graphics yeah. and things have come a long mm-hmm. way, but it was uh, amazing. So the the OG you recommend, not the yes. new ones. Well, you don't yeah. like the new one, but the yeah, 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 the original yeah. you, you whole gotta, experience. You got to start. Okay. You got to start with OG. Yes. All right. Pop. Pop quiz here for you. Um, so Danny DeVito is in this one um, and Kevin Hart. And uh, so, of course, there's other people. But here's my question about these two these two actors. Um, how tall are they? You want to take a guess uh, how tall these guys are? Mm, I'm going to say Kevin Hart is five. No Googling. Don't I'm not Googling, Googling right now. Five, five. Oh, so close. Elizabeth, you want to take a guess? I'm going to lock in five, six. All right. Sorry. If we we're playing by Price is Right rules, you'd lose for going over. Kevin Hart is actually five foot four. Really? Five foot four. And how about how about Danny DeVito? Oh, you want to take a guess? Five foot two. Uh, Elizabeth? I'm going to go five one. Can you, guys, I'm not lying. Google says that Danny DeVito is four foot ten. <gasps> no way. Does four. he have to sit in a booster seat? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. You know what? You're right, Captain Jamie. I think in some states, the seatbelt law is 411, the the booster seat. So How crazy if your dad takes you to school and he's in a booster seat. That's terrible. That's a terrible thought. He's funny, though. You know? What a career. That man's yeah. had a career. Well, so there are some good, there are some good themes. There's some good biblical truth and some good positive messages in Jumanji, the next level. I think a big one, and you see this in the OG Jumanji, um, is, uh, working together, uh, as, as a body, certain people have, uh, strengths and weaknesses. And in the new one, they have that. That's, what's great about those movies is they can see what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. Like Kevin Hart's character is, uh, cake is a weakness for him but um i mean I think, isn't it a weakness for all of us <laughs> for sure a uh, spicy take i'm not a cake fan cake is the lowest level of desserts but moving on um strengths and strengths and weaknesses and and in the body of christ we need one another we need one another. There are people who are teachers and people who are good drivers and people who just want to set up chairs and take down chairs. And and for the ministry to happen, for the body of Christ to be uh, Jesus's hands and feet in the world, we have to uh, understand that we have strength and weaknesses and other people in the body, other believers have strength and weaknesses as well. And like the Bible says, the eye can't say to the ear, uh, I don't need you. Uh, no, we're all going to be Sunday school teachers here. We don't need, well, somebody's got to come and set up chairs. So uh, Jumanji, some good lessons there for sure about working together as a body of Christ, our strengths and weaknesses. Anything else, uh, Captain Jamie or Elizabeth that you saw from Jumanji? No, I mean, like you said, I think it's just, um, it, it really is a great um, display of that. And I do love, <laughs> like, they, you know, with their, um, as they can see their strength and weaknesses, and as they're discovering those is a hilarious part. Um, but I think it's also about, like, you know, in that same thing, they can see their life, like, um, that little bar, you know, that kind of shows how much strength and stuff that you have. And so when, when another member is weak, another people, another person picks up the slack. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about, about surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, cause there's going to be times in our lives when we're down or when we're close, you know, close to, to losing that, um, little life bar or whatever. And, and we need people who are around us to, to pick us up and to encourage us on and, um, you know, to, to be our hype man. Um, so there are a lot of good little lessons I think you can see in this one. 
For sure. I think that's a good way, Captain Jamie, to sum up all of the movies that we talked about here of 2020 is that there, there is just such a theme, such a truth of of being careful of who you choose as your friend and, um, you know, the loyalty that comes with that. And then remembering that that ultimately Jesus is is our our best friend, our the one who, who sticks closer than a brother who, who knows us so well. Yeah. And I think like on the flip side of that, it also encourages us to be that or don't be that in the lives of somebody else. Like that's great. You know, that's a great point. Be the kind of friend who is going to to challenge, you know, your friends to to spur them on to better things, to encourage them, um, to advocate for them, to hype them up. Don't be the one that's derailing your friends' lives. Well, let's uh, let's move into a top TV show that's not streaming. We divided this up into two: streaming and not streaming, because it's just too vast of a of a of a category. So the top TV show on right now, at least on 2020 already, it's just came out recently. Um, that's not on streaming is the bachelorette. So captain Jamie, Elizabeth, uh, are you bachelorette or bachelor fans? I am absolutely a bachelor fan. All right. All right. See, I actually had to call some friends, call some family members about the bachelorette. Cause I don't think I've ever seen an episode from start to finish. <gasps> captain Matt. <laughs> hey, listen, you didn't see Jumanji. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so so I, I've seen some episodes. My favorite podcast um, always does recaps of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And so every time they start a new season on there, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Um, and I get like so excited for it. Um, but then I watch and I just get, it's just too, it's too much. It's too much for me. I do like, you know, I try to keep up. You, you know, for youth conversations and conversations with friends and stuff, but I can't, I can't have never made it through a whole season. All right, Elizabeth. So I'm going to go through this. You tell me where, I, where I get off, uh, okay. get off wrong when I get off track and then you, you lead me back. So there is, uh, the bachelorette that's out right now. The bachelorette's name is Claire. Claire. Yep. She's the oldest bachelorette they've ever had. That is correct. 39. 39. Look, Probably the Bachelorette. <laughs> Just leave it, leave it, Captain J. No, leave listen, it. I'm I'm here for it. Sometimes <laughs> okay. I think uh, so often in TV, like you know, and I especially think in this franchise, they've gotten some flack for you know playing you know to a certain look and a certain age bracket and all this stuff. But you know what? Maybe they're trying to make a step in the right direction. Okay, so uh, Elizabeth, there's a there's a one gentleman named Dale. That's our man. So who Claire, the, the, the point of the bachelorette is more of a game show. Like you're trying yeah. to pick the person that you're going to marry. Um, mm -hmm. so, but it seems like Claire has picked her man way too early in the show. I'm talking like night one. She said she met her husband and mm. now we're on like week two and she is so madly in love. Cause I did watch last week just to see if I knew what I was talking about. And that's mm -hmm. when it all like went bananas, right? Like they, she was out on a group date, but she was only spending time with Dale and all the other guys. So like, so what I didn't see the end. Cause I told you I hadn't seen one whole episode the whole way through. Did they like boycott? Did all the other bachelors just to say, you know what? She's already chosen. This is a waste of my time and walk out. Did that happen? Well, Last week kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Like they were at the rose ceremony and then it was just like, boom, stay tuned for next week. And this week, oh my goodness, things went down. So we had our rose ceremony and then she's kind of canceled the first part of a group date, but then only hung out with Dale 
on that date, which did not make the boys happy. And they had another group date, which was a roast and all the guys roasted Dale. So she was super offended, but then only wanted to talk to the guys about Dale. So the boys are not loving this, um, but Claire is loving Dale. So she, she's in essence, she's broke the game, right? Like the game show is broken. She's, she's not willing to play their game. She's like, I got my guy. Let's bounce. Wow. She's not. Yeah. I really want to see right. how this plays out. Like post mm-hmm. post bachelorette. Will they stay together? Will mm. they not? Mm. Did she break it for no reason? She actually already got engaged to somebody on bachelor winter games a few years ago. Um, and that show was only about a two to three week filming. So we'll see how this one turns out. All and right. they did not make it obviously. Well, we definitely need to talk about some of the, how this uh, affects faith. Do you know that there is sort of a bachelor situation in the Bible. I, immediately, my thoughts went to Esther, the book of Esther. You can read through that. Uh, uh, millennials and Generation Z out there, read through the book of Esther and you can see how uh, this goes down. I don't want to spoil it for you, but you need to jump in there and, and read about it. Also, Elizabeth, I want to just, I, we don't, maybe we don't want to talk about this too much, uh, but I'm going to use this as a segue to throw it to Captain Jamie, um, our resident uh, women's rights, women equality expert. Feminist. Here. You can say it. No, okay, feminist. Um, uh, Not a shame. To Elizabeth and to Captain Jamie, here's my question. What do you think about this whole strip dodgeball thing? Uh, I mean... I, I mean, I know this is a faith podcast, but let's be real. It was on TV. Lots of people saw it. Yeah. I mean, I think... I have lots of thoughts. Um, I think... Okay. Should, should we let Elizabeth get, set the scene real quick about what happened, <laughs> and then we'll just let you yeah, go, Captain Jamie? Okay. Okay. So last week we had a group date, which they were playing dodgeball, which was all funny games. And then Claire was like, oh, let's like the loser's strip, <laughs> which was kind of a mixed response from the men. And one in particular was like, no, thank you. That was uh, Yosef, right? Yes. Oh, yes. I got the, queen Vashti, Yosef. the queen Vashti of the Bachelorette, if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, go ahead, Cam Jamie. It's all you. Yeah, hit, no. hit, hit your hit. You've been waiting for this. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I just think like it's a rough look. So, ladies, you know, we've been fighting this whole objectification battle for centuries, still fighting it. And I think like we're not going to win by turning the tables and doing the same thing to men. Um, and I see this a lot, not just in The Bachelorette, but like on the internet in general. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess in some ways it can can be, you know, harmless conversation, but it happens a lot where, you know, we're, we want to buy those calendars that are like, you know, firefighters with their shirts off or, or whatever. And I just think like the thing is, if we don't want to be treated, if women don't want to be treated as objects, then we need to not turn around and treat men like objects. Um, like Michelle Obama said, uh, they go low, we go high. We got to be better. Right. Um, so that's kind of my, my first thing, like, let's chill with the objectification. Uh, two, I just kind of want to say like, nobody is going to look like that in 70 years. Uh, (laughs) not even 70 years. Like, We've been married, what, 18 years? I, oh, I don't look, I don't like where this conversation is going. I look zero things like I look like 18 years ago, uh, thanks to children. Uh, but, like, it it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's important. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to try to lie. Like, physical attraction is important. It's an important part of a relationship. But that can't, it can't be, like, the main thing, the basis, if you, if that person is gorgeous, but a tool, well, in 
20 years, they're going to be not gorgeous anymore, but they'll still be a tool. Do you want to hang out with them? Like you have to love them for what's on the inside more than you love them for what's on the outside because the outside changes so fast. Side um, note for those who are baby boomers and not millennials and Generation <laughs> Z, uh, you need to go talk to a millennial and a Generation Z and ask them what a tool is. Uh, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Just just ask somebody what a tool is. Also, I did talk to, thank you, Captain Jamie. I did talk yeah, to- I ain't done. Oh, I know. Okay. We can keep going and then I, I'll come back. No, I have points, Matt. I got okay. points. All right? Okay, go. I so know. I understand. Too. So like, yes, like, yes, think they're gorgeous. That's great. It's important. Um, but like what's on the inside is, is even more important. And we could have a whole biblical discussion about that. You know, the man looks at the outside, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm, hands up. It'll preach. Um, number three, I think like, don't limit yourself. Don't compromise you have worth and value. Don't settle. Like I, I wonder sometimes when people put themselves in these situations, like, are they, is it out of desperation? And I'm not judging them for going on there. You know, you got to do what you got to do. But I just think that so often we, we settle ourselves, um, you know, in, in, um, just in life in general for, we have these great dreams and these things that we want, but they don't happen on our timeline. And so, um, you know, we, we do whatever to try to make it happen and we miss out on, on great things or compromise ourselves or limit ourselves. Um, and I would just say like, be, be careful of that. You're a, you know, a king or a queen or whatever. Don't settle for somebody who's less than what you deserve. And then finally, Matt, here's my final point. <laughs> my friend, Yosef. All right. I'm not on team Yosef. I think Yosef is uh, shady, but um, I think like uh, he was right to stand up to her and say like, this isn't for me. Maybe the way he did it probably wasn't right. But to say like, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't the example I want to set for my child. This isn't the kind of role model I want to be like good for him for standing up and saying that. Now, I also want to say uh, why I'm not on team Yosef and why I think he's shady is because we're learning now um, that lots of his actions pre-bachelorette don't match up to those words, um, which is a clear example of be sure your sins will find you out. Um, so yes, stand up for what's right, stand up for what you believe, but you better make sure that your behind the scenes life is matching up with your in front of the camera life uh, because nothing stays hidden. So stand up for what you believe in, but don't stand up for what you believe in and then be shady in the background. And that ends my conversation on The Bachelorette. Also, I have one more thing about it, actually, is um, I, I did talk to a family member and I said, hey, I'm going to be talking about The Bachelorette. This family member is uh, loves the show and catches it uh, religiously. And I said, is there anything else that you would want people to know about it? And my family member said, yeah, alcohol doesn't make things better. So uh, I do what, and again, Elizabeth, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a cocktail hour or cocktail party before each rose ceremony, correct? Correct. And so there's time for people to have quite a few cocktails, correct? I think there is a limit in place after previous <laughs> events, but yes, there's, yeah. So there, oh, so previous events. So there have been... Trouble in paradise has happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to, again, let, uh, uh, I think I need to reaffirm the Salvation Army's stance on alcohol. You know, to be a soldier, to be a member of the Salvation Army, we make, to be an officer in the Salvation Army, we make a, a promise, a covenant um, 
to the Lord, to God that says we will no longer drink alcohol. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I just, I have my own opinion about alcohol. I don't think that it's been a great um, bonus for the world. Um, like I always try to think if a person won the Nobel Prize and they said, okay, would you like to say a few words? Uh, the person would say, yeah, I want to thank uh, alcohol for helping me win this Nobel <laughs> Peace Prize. I just, you know, I, I think I, I've seen, of course, uh, with the work that the Salvation Army does, I've seen how it's destroyed people, destroyed families more than helped. And uh, I think you kind of see that played out in The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Alcohol um, is not going to be uh, the solution to the problems for sure. Yeah, uh, anything else, Elizabeth, that you want to, uh, you want to say about the bachelor or the bachelorette? I mean, I think if you haven't watched, I think you should check it out. It's been an action packed couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You better watch entertainment. You better watch sure. quick. Yeah. It's definitely entertaining. And I just want to say like, uh, you know, we, we kind of say these things and these are, you know, kind of my opinions I'm saying as I watch them. Um, but that's not to say like, you know, uh, I'm not trying to come down and be like, uh, you know, condemning the bachelor bachelorette. Like I watched love is blind. I could have some <gasps> many conversations about that. Show. Uh, I love survivor. Um, so it's not like, you know, a, a down vote. Survivor on, is the OG of yeah. reality shows yes. for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So it's definitely not like a down vote on trashy reality, reality television, but these are just like, you know, I don't know. As I just watched I poor Matt, he has to listen to all my rants as we watch this stuff. Yeah. And that's the point of this podcast. We're not trying to say, hey, uh, if you have a person of faith, you shouldn't watch this stuff. No, not at all. We're just trying to say, what are the truths that we can see in this? What are the positive messages, the things that we can see in what the culture um, is revealing to us right now? Well, let's go on to some music. We've talked about uh, TV for a little bit. Let's go to music. Uh, number one song on the radio. Now, again, this is on the radio in a pandemic. It has been number one for 36 straight weeks is um the bl is blinding lights by the weekend nice. have you uh heard these songs elizabeth and cap jamie have you heard this song i have heard it yes i have as well okay I, it is not i will say i have not um you know it's not like on my apple music pod uh playlist or whatever it totally but is on mine <laughs> it totally is online. You know, um, it has such a 1980s vibe. I mean, uh, before we started the podcast, we were talking. Some of us on here never got to experience the 80s. Uh, <laughs> not saying who, but uh, it definitely does have that 1980s vibe. Uh, Elizabeth, would have you have you heard music from the 1980s? You should know I have a pretty big record collection, so I love the 80s tunes. Okay, all right. Do yeah. you hear the 80s vibe coming out in this song? I've never thought of it that way, but I may have to go back and kind of listen with that ear. Yeah, all right. Well, so I, you know, uh, it's actually a very clean song. Um, I don't think that there's any cussing in it or anything like that. Um, but I did look up like, what does this song mean? Um, now, according to some people, some articles out there on the Googles say <laughs> that uh, that they wrote this song, that the the guy from Weekend, uh, from the Weekend wrote this song after a breakup with a supermodel, you know, Missing You, things like that. But then I read some other articles that said that this song, the meaning behind this song is something that's definitely we're not cool with. And that's uh, the weekend says that this song literally means uh, just, you know, when drunk driving on your way to a hookup, which uh, we definitely do not endorse here at the battle line uh, at all. Definitely not cool with that. No. Do you know who the supermodel is? I didn't, I don't think they broke up. Do you know who his significant other is? 
Uh, I, you know, when I Googled it, they told me the name, but Captain Jamie, I'm going to tell you the truth. I couldn't name, I could name one supermodel. <laughs> probably. It's probably Mrs. Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Mrs. Tom Brady. <laughs> the Giselle Bunchen. Is yes, that how you say like, Call her, call her out her name. Call her is out there, her name. Is her, is her name pronounced Bunchen? The last name? I have no idea how you it's pronounce it. Giselle her name. Brady, I guess. Actually, it should be. He should be he should, Mr. He is, Giselle Bunchen because she makes Giselle. way more money than he does. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Mr. Giselle Bunchen. I think he should change his name to that. So who? what's the supermodel? I don't know. You're going to uh, tell me the name and I'm not going to know it. Yeah, Bella Hadid. Mm. Oh, Elizabeth said, hmm, like, she knows who that is. You know who that is? Uh, just because I just, just Googled it now. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> so I know her sister, Gigi Hadid. I don't know her because of what she's actually famous for, but I know her because she's always on uh, Beat Bobby Flay, which tells you a lot about my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I lied. We are going to go back to TV just for a second. Um, the top streaming movie um, of 2020 so far, again, we're doing this at the end of October. The election hasn't happened yet. Uh, there's still two months for stuff to be streamed. So uh, Tiger yeah. King. Oh, we get to, surely we're going to watch some Hallmark Christmas movies, right? Those are going to show up on not. our uh, Definitely best not. List. <laughs> yeah, Definitely please don't make not. me do that. Definitely not. <laughs> If uh, I was going to make a, I was going to burn and throw some other podcast out there. It's like, if you want Hallmark Christmas movie talks, go listen to whatever, but I don't want to throw anybody under the bus on the first episode. Uh, listen, so there's a, a podcast review coming out in an upcoming episode of Peer Magazine um, where they actually review this podcast that um, is all about reviewing Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> I want to go check it out. I cannot stand Hallmark Christmas movies, but I feel like um, oh. I want to listen to this podcast because they. I feel like they might snark. That sound that Elizabeth made me. makes... Uh, Elizabeth, are, you're probably a fan of Hallmark Christmas movies, aren't you? You know, it's... You would think so, but no, I'm just really surprised Captain Jamie isn't a fan. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, no. yeah. Nope. Yeah, For no. me, it's a little too much. It's a little too happy. It is. One of my favorite things to do on Christmas vacation when I get, when I get to be with my family is sit on the couch with my dad, because um, my mom and my sisters love Hallmark Christmas movies. So I just sit next to the couch with my dad and we make fun of it the whole time. Which is probably really annoying for them, but it's super fun for me. So that's fair for Elizabeth to to think that you're a uh, Hallmark Christmas movie because you're a mom, and that's probably well, their target demographic. My mom loves them. Yeah, see, yeah. my mom as well. So yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. Well, I think I got way off here, but uh, yeah, we're talking the, about uh, streaming. The top streaming movie. Oh, yeah. It goes to Netflix. Goes to The Haunting of Bly Manor. Now I'm going to tell you both straight up right now. I have not seen this movie because. I am not a horror movie fan, mostly because uh, I'm just terrified of those movies. So, uh, <laughs> are you uh, are you a horror movie fan, Cam Jamie Elizabeth? Uh, so I am not now. I was as a teenager. Um, like I remember, Matt. I don't know if you remember this when we were dating. Um, we had a marathon where we watched every single Halloween movie. Um, I think we got them from Blockbuster Video. Yeah, throwback. Yes, we rented them, and it, I'm pretty sure they were still on VHS. Can you confirm? Uh, yes, no, yeah, they were. It wasn't a Blockbuster Video. It was like a Hastings out in West Texas or, you know, one of those things. But yeah. you're right. Uh, we, we did have to get them on VHS. Wow, we are showing our age <laughs> yes. here. So, so, yes, so, it, you know, we did that. Um, I've seen, you know, we, I watched The Exorcist as a teenager, which is a terrible idea uh, at that impressionable age. Um, all the Scream movies, like as a teen 
and I guess even a young adult, I loved horror movies, but I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I think maybe becoming a mom maybe had something to do with it, but I just can't. I just can't watch them anymore. It's How about you, Elizabeth? Super no. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, yeah. this is going to be a quick one. <laughs> I will say, I will say like psychological thrillers, like that's a different thing, I think. I can't watch like the ones where it's like gratuitous violence. Um, I like a good suspenseful movie, but ones where it's just, you know, people dying for no reason is just too much, too much for me. I do have a pop quiz question for you. Go for it. Only one horror movie has ever won an Oscar. Only one in the history of Oscars. Do you know what it is? I'm going to go The Shining. Is that right? No. Do you know, Elizabeth? <gasps> is it the, the Drew Barrymore one? No, it is um, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh that makes sense. Yep. Mm. That makes only sense. only horror movie to ever win an Oscar. It was, it was a creepy one. Let, well, let me ask you, since we're on there, let's talk about it. What... What do you think is a, like, what's a Christian's response? Now, this is going to be different for everybody, I'm sure. But what's a Christian's response to horror movies? Because, you know, we, we've kind of grown up, those who've grown up in the Christian faith in Sunday school, you know, we've always kind of heard, oh, you don't want to watch those movies. You don't want to give the devil a foothold. What yeah, do you think? and I mean, we like to Christian things up to like, um, I know, Matt, this is one of your favorite topics about how people have Halloween carnivals, but we don't want to associate with Halloween. So we call For them sure. other fun names. Um, like Harvest. Uh, harvest we don't scare people. Let's call it a harvest carnival <laughs> or a fall festival. Okay. Listen, um, one of Captain Matt's favorite things is to, um, and I think like when I say favorite things, it's like a love hate thing where he <laughs> likes to see what kind of crazy names people call their fall festivals. Um, there are some really clever ones out there. Ha Holy ghost weenie roast yeah. will always be my favorite yeah. fall festival name. My um, favorite was the, the Halla boo. Yeah. Uh, all that's cool. uh, yeah. listen, I know this is probably I'm a, this is the first episode we're offending a lot of people, but um, <laughs> listen, if you're going to have a Halloween carnival, Ladies and gentlemen out there, listen to Uncle Matt. Uh, call it a Halloween carnival. There's nothing wrong with 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 just calling it a Halloween carnival. And uh, another thing, sorry, again, we're getting off track here. It's okay for kids to dress up like witches and mummies and werewolves and vampires. It's perfectly okay. You can still go to heaven and and be dressed up like a vampire. I don't know if they'll let you in at the time of you know, <laughs> like when you get to Peter's Gate, he'll be like, "Dude, why are you dressed oh, like can a vampire?" You clothes, please. Oh, yeah. So, but. It's okay, guys. It's okay. All right. Sorry, Captain Jamie, you were talking about haunt, uh, horror movies. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying, I think that ultimately, um, like this is one of those things that's got to be between you and Jesus. Like, I don't think that we as Christians or we as the church should just put a blanket ban on horror movies. Um, I definitely think like there are things in there that we should be cautious about. Um, but I feel like, you know, if it, if you, and again, this is just my personal opinion on it. Um, I think if you can handle watching it and it doesn't like affect your mental health or, or those images aren't getting stuck in your brain, then, then go ahead. But if it's not like adding value to your life or it's weighing on you or, you know, you can't sleep at night because those thoughts are in your head or you just are kind of haunted by those images, then throw it away. Like don't, don't mess with your sanity for something that, you know, ultimately doesn't matter. Um, but I don't think that we as the church should be, you know, putting a blanket ban on horror movies or whatever. That's one of those things that's between you and the Lord. Yeah. When, and when people say the verse, this is, again, another thing that kind of gets my goat sometimes is when people quote the Bible verse, you know, uh, Ephesians 4, uh, I think it's 20. 
seven that says, uh, do not give the devil a foothold. When people say, oh, you don't want to watch that stuff. You don't want to give the devil a foothold. Um, I would always say you should probably read the verse before that, which is talking about, you know, uh, your anger, don't send, don't let the sun go down on your, and while you're angry. So again, I don't mind using scripture for sure. We want to use scripture all the time, but let's just make sure we're getting it in context. One of these days I'll go on a rant about Philippians 413, <laughs> but that's, that's for another day. That's a conversation for another time. All right. Uh, but let's go to some video games. I didn't want to just hit one video game since it being 2020, because um, while there were some great video games that came out this year, the big news is that actually by the time that this releases, it will be pretty close to the the uh, releasing of PlayStation 5. Um mm. PlayStation 5. I mean, again, not to mark our age, but we were there when the original PlayStation came out. Oh. Yeah, I, I can remember playing the Atari. So For sure. Pong on the Atari. <laughs> yep. I was come telling, a long way, kid. I was telling Elizabeth before we started uh, uh the show about uh, the old, the original Nintendo, the old, the OG Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers, man, with with five buttons. That was yes. it. Yes. Directional pad, start, select. A, that was B. probably the last time I was good at Mario. Man, it was great. <laughs> well, PlayStation Five will be coming out just in time for Christmas. Uh, Five hundred dollars is the price for the console, and you're and we're not talking games with that. They might throw in a game, I don't know, but five hundred bucks. Like pre-orders have already been happening. Um, it's pretty hush hush. Like when new consoles come out now, it's like almost a new car. Like there's an unveiling and there's, or a new iPhone. Like somebody comes out and says, look how sleek the design is and all that. Um, Listen, it's not surprising to me that $500, do you know how much, would you like to guess how much money in the, just the second quarter, just the three months of 2020, how much money consumers spent on video games? So I'm going to guess that you said the second quarter, which is high pandemic time, correct? Yes, yes. So, so right so in the people midst started of the going pandemic. home, and they were being bored, and they needed to do something. Five hundred. Oh, is this just United States or worldwide? We don't. Uh, worldwide. I'm going to say it was five mm, five hundred million, and then five hundred million yen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know the conversion rate of yen, Elizabeth. Would you like to guess? I'm going to go with a billion. It was actually $11.6 billion. Wow. Just in video games. Yeah, I'm sure some of like the pandemic played a large part in that. But $11.6 billion. That's, cr- yeah. that's so crazy to me. Uh, the, listen, the, the, the video games, uh, video games are, are, are not going away. They're growing. In fact, they're growing exponentially. Very good. I mean, like I think by 2022, we're expected esports is the, is the competitive league that uh, people compete now in in video games. And I think that they're supposed to have 645 million uh, members by 2022. So um, in fact, Christianity Today uh, the magazine just put out an article um, saying that is video games are the new mission field. Um, you know that that people can get on video games, they play, and they um, can be led to Jesus. They can be we can be encouraged by playing video games uh, with people over the internet, which is which is very cool. It's it's something that's unheard of, for sure. Um, you know, the, in the Salvation Army, we used to have these things called we used to have these meetings called open airs where we would go out. 
in the open air to like the mall or uh, a park and we would have an evangelistic meeting. We would, we would, you know, pull out the drum and the band and we would just tell people about Jesus out in the open air. Um, those have since faded just because of time and the culture. But I think that the video games, the, the, the online uh, systems, the online rooms now um, through Twitch and Discord are uh, the new open airs. They're the new mission fields for sure. And the Salvation Army is getting into this. Um, for those of you listening, if you if didn't know, we have a Salvation Army gaming website where, where Salvationists from around the, the country and the world uh, meet up to play in a place that's safe because, you know, uh, video game. I don't know if you know this, but video games, uh, trash talk over the internet can be, it's as bad as what you see on social media. I mean, yeah, it can know, be you real can damaging. have a fifth, grade, fifth grader over in, you know, Waukegan saying t- terrible things about your mother uh, while you're playing. Mm-hmm. So um, the Salvation Army game, Salvation Army gaming is, is a safe place where um, people can get together and play and just, you know, so if you want to check it out, um, it's out there. Check check out the website, SalvationArmyGaming.com. SalvationArmyGaming.com. Yeah. I think this is a really cool um, venue. Um, like, you know, they have tournaments and all that kind of stuff, but it's like a safe place where kids can come and play video games. Um, you can Anybody from the nation can do it around the nation, uh, but it's like a safe place where they come and they have monitors that are in, in the chats and all that kind of stuff. But it's just a place where, um, you know, young people can play video games, meet other young people who, you know, are from faith backgrounds or even those who aren't. Um, but, but do it in a way that is protected and, and safe for them. And so, um, I think it's a really cool thing. You know, the whole point of open airs was to go where the people are. Um, and right now they say like 75% of American households have at least one gamer. Games are where the people are. So I think it's really cool that the Salvation Army is kind of launching into this, this kind of ministry, going to where the people are um, and using it as a discipleship tool or, or even as a way for you know, people to meet Jesus and to, to, for kids to be able to hang out in a safe space as a parent. Like for me, that's super valuable. Yeah. And for those, again, for the people that are listening who aren't millennials or Generation Z, the Salvation Army is not going to be creating our own video game for the Nintendo. Okay. Like we're not going to have a little characters where you have Moses, you know, trying to. Oh, you know, how cool would video seat. game William and Catherine Booth be? No, it wouldn't Listen. be cool. Captain <laughs> it wouldn't be cool. You're right. The Salvation Army, God bless us. We would have done like, it would be like a Captain Gabriel you know, uh, <laughs> video game or something like that. So well, now you've been a quarter of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I know for the first episode, Elizabeth, we're going to need a lot of editing. Um, <laughs> that we're, yeah, it's just, uh, people get nervous when they think video games and that's okay. It's okay to be nervous, but you have to understand that that is the culture now. I mean, again, it's, it's a billion dollar industry, 645 million. It's, it has brought the world together. Um, it really has made the world a smaller place and, um, it's not going away. Video games are not going away. If anything, they're going to be growing even more. Well, let's uh, let's get away from video games and move on to the top book for young adults that came out in 2020. I have not read this book. I have seen the movies, um, but that's going to go. That award for the top book of 2020 for young adults goes to the Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, the Hunger Games prequel. Mm-hmm. I'm I so have excited not, for this one. I have not read this one. I've seen the movies. Elizabeth, you. I have not seen the movies and I have not read the books. Oh, Elizabeth, we I have know. got we got some homework. Like we listen, go on Netflix, buy the DVDs, <laughs> get the DVDs sent to your house. Jumanji, Hunger Games, 
You can watch them. I know you can watch them on YouTube TV right now because uh, I just did recently. This is. I have so much homework. I have so many new quarantine hobbies after this podcast. Um, so I was. I you go ahead, have, Pam, Jamie. You've read it, so you lead us through this. Yeah. So I have read all of the original books from the trilogy, um, and then so I was excited about this one just because I. It sounds weird to say that you love a series that's essentially about killing kids, um, but <laughs> I. Uh, that's the line of the day. That's yeah. the line of the day. Welcome I to the did, Line Podcast, where we talk about killing kids. Yes, I did. Um, enjoy the books. Um, and then, you know, the movies, I always feel like the movies don't, don't do, um, you know, justice to the books. Um, and you know, maybe that's just me as a a book lover, we could probably do a whole podcast on that. So I was excited when, um, when I saw that this was coming out and then when it was released. Um, so, um, you know, I thought, I thought that it was good. Um, I didn't think that it was as good as the original series, but it kept my attention. Um, uh, essentially if you, if you've not read it, it's the story of like the background of president snow, Coriolana snow and how he becomes, you know, this villain that we see in the hunger games, how he becomes the leader of Pan Am and, um, you know, um, you know, sets about this, these capital games where, you know, the kids have to come and fight each other to the death for survival and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess I'll try not to spoiler this book, but spoiler for the hunger games, they've been out for more than a decade. So, um, some of those are probably (laughs) slow, but yeah, I know crazy. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so this, the, the ballad of songbirds and snakes is all about, um, from the you see Coriolana Snow from um, his teenage years, and then how, kind of how he b- starts the journey of um, who we see him as in the Hunger Games. I don't know if they're going to make this a trilogy or not. Like if we're going to see more of his journey um, because he's not president. Um, I don't think I think it ends before he becomes president. Um, but um, it's it. it I, I kind of hope that we do just because I like the series and think it'd be interesting to see where she goes with it. But anyway, um, there's a lot of, of great lessons in it. Um, like, uh, it's a good look at how we can easily justify wrong actions to bring about good outcomes. Um, there are times, so many times in the book where, um, Snow, uh, does something or takes advantage of a situation and, you know, kind of, kind of for the right reasons, but they're like actions that are horribly wrong. Um, and so we see that all throughout the book and you see it in the Bible too, right? Like in second Samuel, when they're trying to bring the Ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem, um, but they do it in the wrong way. And then a man dies. Um, you know, we can justify wrong actions all day, but at the end of the day, wrong is still wrong. Um, and I think that's what, you know, in his mind, it's kind of situational ethics, right? In his mind, like, yes, this is probably not the best thing for me to do, but I'm trying to bring about a good, um, and so it's okay. But I don't, um, I don't subscribe to that theory wrong. At the end of the day, wrong is wrong. Um, another thing I think we see in this book is, um, that we can see like how one small step, um, taking one small step becomes that much easier for us to take another, another step. Um, and this is how it, snowballed da, da, da. we need a drum a little <laughs> that's a terrible pun there <laughs> how um you know how it snowballs for president snow how w- he was easily justified one wrong after another um he he had a sad life like we see that at the beginning of the book his life is sad um 
he so you know he had a rough beginning rough things happened to him but it doesn't justify his behavior or his choices at the end of the day murdering kids is still murdering kids no matter how sad your life is um and then i think the one of the most interesting conversations that came out of this book is um exploring kind of this age-old question are humans inherently good or are they inherently evil um you see it in the book like uh they're a game maker. President Snow is not the one who institutes the games. Like they're already going on, but he kind of has a big hand in in making them what we see them to be in the Hunger Games. Um, and so uh, the game maker that's here in the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes um, says, "What happened in the arena? That's mankind in its natural state." So what he's saying is, like when we throw these people in there and they start murdering each other, like that's that's what mankind does when you leave them to their own desire, to their own, um, oh, I've lost my word here. When you kind of leave them, leave them to their own devices, that's what they do. You kill each other. People are inherently evil. Um, but then you contrast that with one of the other main characters of the book, this girl named Lucy Gray. Um, and she says, and she believes that there is natural goodness built into humanity, that people are beautiful and want to do good things. And so that's kind of a theme you see throughout the the movie is kind of like this wrestling between are people inherently good or are they inherently bad? Yeah, I think uh, the Bible talks about that, Captain Jamie. Uh, yeah, um, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 3, I think of in Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Then I think, of course, you have to mention Romans three twenty three when you have this discussion about, um, you know, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, definitely. And then while you were talking, I was thinking about Noah. Um, and, you know, when when God was grieved that he man made mankind because of just the the, the state. I think uh, for more information on this, you could research the, the doctrine of original sin. I think that that's a that's a great, um, great starting place for you to to read a little more into. Yeah. So, I mean, to wrap it all up, like definitely it's worth a read. If you liked the original Hunger Games books, um, you know, there's no reason to think you wouldn't like this one. Um, so it is, it's a good read, not as good as the originals, but entertaining. <laughs> well, all right, let's social media challenges. Um, Elizabeth, your, uh, official position of the Salvation Army is social media and, and media, right? I do all the media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought maybe you'd want to just kind of lead through, like there's way too many in 2020, there are way too many challenges out there. No, but Matt, I thought, not too many. It is fun. Yes, let people, okay. let people ha- live their life. Well, what I'm saying is there's way too many for us to try to talk about all oh, here. Yeah, yeah, for there's sure. no mm-hmm. way. All right. And by the time that this goes, by the time we're recording and this gets uh, published and sent out there, there will be 35 other challenges that people are going to say, oh, why didn't they do the you know, whatever challenge. Well, Elizabeth, have you seen exist. the, the knee, is it take a knee challenge, the knee challenge where you do that thing where you have to lean down on one knee and then you <laughs> like cross your arms and breathe and then put your arms out and then put them down and try to stand up. Have you seen this? You should look it up. I think I've seen this on TikTok. It's like yes. it's saying like women can do it, but men can't. So all, all the videos well, I've seen, seen, like the women fall yeah, people over. People are falling they, over. So a, a bad mom alert. I made my daughter try this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I, as she was doing it, I thought, well, this could end really badly. Um, <laughs> but she uh, aced it. No problem. She did not fall over. Uh, so I made Matt try it. 
he did not fall over. Um, so I don't know. I've not tried it yet because I, it doesn't matter. I'll fall over anyway. I'm just clumsy. So I'm like, but have cracked up on TikTok watching people try to do this challenge. There, there are a couple of challenges I've done. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. I know I was going to say we were going to let you just go. Um, we have tried, Captain Jamie and I have tried mostly at my insistence. Uh, we tried the uh, foot shake challenge, you know, that, ooh, na, 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 na. So we tried this in, uh, it was so bad. Yeah, it we was failed so miserably. We, did, we gave I, up. <laughs> Props to people. I, now, Elizabeth, you said that you you did this and you rocked it. Um, if I rocked it, you mean like smacked my boyfriend's ankle with my heels and I nailed it? <laughs> nailed it. That's good. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other challenges that you've tried? Not that I've tried, but I know you said that the cool folks are playing bingo on Instagram. Now, yes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. You have to explain this um, because... People who aren't cool might not know what you mean. They might think you're literally talking about like B7. Well, when you say bingo, I'm like eighth grade Spanish class. That's the last time I can remember I played. But <laughs> I, I took a look on the Instagram and people are doing really fun things like morning routine bingo. Where you find out how relaxing your morning is. Okay. Fill out the squares. Right. Um, is there a free space? <laughs> there is a free space. Rise and shine. <laughs> so if you wake up, mm -hmm. but if you, you know, if you smile at yourself in the mirror, you get a point. Um, okay. if you work out or do, um, water with lemon, what a great morning, right? Nice. Hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listening to a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Listen to on, this one. You get a square. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're saying nourishing breakfast, take a walk, um, create a to-do list. I gotta tell you, I maybe got one of these things with spring coffee. <laughs> I apparently have horrible mornings. But alas, but that's okay. Um, but another thing that they're doing is 30-day challenges on Instagram. Okay. Um, have you guys done any? Um, is this like where you're, like, you're supposed to like uh, read a book or? <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. I do read more than one book every 30 days. That's incredible. No, that's Sorry. The ones that I saw were like the 30 days of water challenge where you have like okay. a routine of 30 days where you drink water on a schedule or the 30 days of outfits challenge. Do with the water challenge, does the water increase as the 30 days? You know, I believe it's just, you just do this consistent water routine for 30 days. Like maybe 10 times a day you drink water. It's like after waking up you. 30 minutes before yeah. breakfast, one hour after breakfast, Listen, you drink minutes. some water and lemon. You could knock out 30 day challenge and a bingo gonna, card. <laughs> Captain Matt, time. you're coming in hot. That's exactly <laughs> the correct answer. I mean, I've done some of them. I haven't done one of the Instagram ones yet, but there have been times in my life where I've done like, um, you know, drink only water for 30 days or, um, Hard pass. I did a couple of years ago. I did, um, Jillian Michaels, um, Oh gosh, what was the name of that? It's one of those DVDs where it's like, um, you you know, you just have to follow it for thirty day boot camp or something like that. And so I did that. Um, so I have done some of these, but now I'm gonna have to look them up on Instagram because I am a goal. I like to set goals, um, and then usually not follow through on all of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna go look at it. The closest thing I've done is the like Christmas chocolate eating calendar for 30 days or 25 days. <laughs> See, I could do that. I could rock that one. Yeah, I'm really good at that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have tried to hit as much as we could, uh, as, as quickly as we could. I mean, try to try to sum up 2020 
in in a podcast is ridiculous and impossible, um, as crazy as this year has been. Um, but uh, we thank you uh, for uh, bearing with us as we've talked through pop culture and the truths and the faith that we've seen in those things. Um, before we close up, before we close out any Battle Line podcast, um, we're going to end it with a, with a question, sort of a standard question throughout. I'm going to let Captain Jamie ask, and then we're going to go around the horn, let everybody uh, give a quick answer here. Yeah, so I'm just saying in closing, like every every episode of this podcast will focus on a different theme. It won't always be pop culture highlights like we've done today. Um, so to make sure you tune in for the next one and and see what we're up to um, up to then. Um, but each week we're going to finish um, with this question: What's giving you joy? Like there's so much negativity in the world right now. Um, just with the pandemic and with the election, with all kinds of things, um, it's easy to get kind of weighed down and get stuck in the negativity. So instead, we're going to try to focus on some happy. So what is giving you joy? That's the question, Matt. You want to go first? You, okay. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, so I think what's giving me joy is at the time of this recording, it is not yet election day. Uh, the time that it this podcast, I think, will come out, it will be after election day. So if you're listening to this right now, um, hopefully we already have somebody as president of the United States and we're not recounting a million times, I but think that's optimistic, I, but go ahead. <laughs> I think something that that's exciting to me, something that's given the joy right now is just to see all of the people who are involved in the voting process this year. Um, I know turnout is always something that's um, considerably low and presidential years. It's often a little bit higher, but it seems like all of the emphasis on getting out and voting are really starting to pay off. And so to see lines, I mean, it's not, as again, at the time of this recording, it's not yet election day, but to drive by coming home from work and seeing lines stretching two blocks just to go vote already, is just, it does my heart good to see that, that there are people who, that people care uh, enough to uh, stand in a two or three hour line where it, it's fall, it's late fall, you know, and the wind's blowing and it's chilly. I just think that's a great thing. So that's mine. What's giving me joy, what's got me excited is just the democracy in action and seeing people willing to let their voices be heard. I appreciate that. All right, Elizabeth, what's bringing you joy right now? I was going to say fruit snacks, but that seems really small. See, maybe right, I no. should go last. When we edit, when we edit, Listen, we'll put in. I should have said this loop. at the beginning. I should have said this at the beginning. It can be big things. Well, I mean, you know, things like you can say, Jesus is giving me joy right now. Or you can say like cheese, which quite often <laughs> gives me joy. Okay? So fun. Or Jesus yes. of Nazareth. So it can be, yes, it can be serious. It can be not serious. It can be big. It can be little. It's your it's your joy. I'm sorry, Elizabeth, hey. that I made you feel bad for fruit no, snacks. No, I, I I mean I stand by it. Fruit snacks make me so happy. Do you have a favorite? Well, as of recently, I've been eating the Mott's fruit snacks and the I like, adult fruit snacks. Yeah, well they're done. they're mature. Um, <laughs> and I like the red ones, so I guess that would be probably a strawberry. Um, okay. But I'm becoming increasingly um, interested in the yellow ones, which I'm not quite sure what it is. If you said that you were really into Gushers, we were going to have to have a discussion. Okay, well, it's funny you say that because the, that was the other one that was on sale at CVS. And I said, no, I can't. So like Gushers, Well, Gushers are fine. I'm not when coming I to, for people who are pro-Gusher out there. I'm I was trying fine. to be an adult about it, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things like, you know, like it, it, when you were a kid, they were amazing. But now that you're an adult, it's terrible. I felt the same thing with ramen the other day. 
like uh, when I was a kid, I loved ramen. I tried to eat ramen for lunch the other day, and I was like, "This is the worst." I feel like Gushers would fall in that category. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe they're still amazing. Who knows? Let's watch Sonic the Hedgehog and eat some Gushers. What a day! Yeah, for sure. That's so amazing. Twenty twenty, man. Sonic the Hedgehog and Gushers. Uh, All right, right. I'm gonna answer my own question. Um, What is giving you joy? I actually just changed this, the answer to my question. I had something else written down, but um, today at the at the day of this recording, um, the fourth season of Somebody Feed Phil has released on Netflix and I watched part of an episode at lunch right before we filmed this and it brought a smile to my face. I don't know what it is about that show. I love it to see where Phil Rosenthal is going and what he's eating. And he has the best facial expressions and he does that little dance and waves his arm in the air, pumps his arm in the air um, when he tastes something really good. And it brings me joy. But it also, you know what, I mean, Phil? like I want to get a job on his show. I want to be Phil. Can I be Phil? You know what, you know what Phil's never eaten? Gushers. <laughs> 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 Elizabeth, are you a are you a somebody feed Phil fan? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, you totally again, another one. Okay, so this one. is another throwback show. Do you know everybody loves Raymond? I've heard of it. So Phil Rosenthal was like I don't, he's a producer, creator, creator. he was the creator, creator of producer. that show. Okay, he was the um, Elizabeth of Everybody Loves. Yes. Raymond. Oh my god! <laughs> and so he um he now he travels around these cities and he basically eats food so wow. he goes to like street food um he goes to fine dining restaurants he eats like what's the famous dish of that country um usually sees some big landmark or something and and then usually he eats in the home of somebody who lives in that country um and it's just so like pure and good and then it makes me hungry and it makes me want to travel um and he's just his he has the best facial expressions so yes Check it out. Somebody feed Phil on Netflix. I think it originally started as a PBS show. What's Phil eating or something like that. Um, And then um, it switched over to Netflix. So it's good. All right. Captain Jamie, Elizabeth, anything else before we land the plane? Nope. That's, I mean, I'm just, when we wrap up, I'm going to go finish watching my episode of Somebody Feed Phil. (laughs) And I'm going to go get fruit snacks. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say pretty successful first episode. Hopefully we still have listeners after the conclusion (laughs) of this. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Don't forget to follow Peer Magazine, the magazine for Generation Z. Zers out there um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Captain Jamie is the editor. Anything else you want to say, Captain Jamie, about Pure Magazine? Yeah, absolutely. We're getting ready to celebrate our second birthday in January, which is exciting. Um, and so the whole point of Pure is um, that by addressing topics related to faith and community and culture, which is kind of um, you know where this podcast also um, spun out from, um, the mission really of Pure is to ignite faith conversations um, that that will deepen you know biblical perspective and, and people's faith and, and their, um, you know, kind of pursuit of living a holy life. Um, and really at Peer, we aim to hit hard topics. It's not just surfacey faith kind of stuff, but we really want to know, like we, we understand that this is where Gen Z lives, that they face hard situations. And so, um, you know, things like why does God allow us to suffer, um, you know, addiction, mental health issues, um, 
the battle with pornography, the role of Christians in politics, um, all of this and and so much more in, in each um, print edition and then on social media. So yes, check us out on social media. Um, we're at peer mag or at peer.magazine. Or um, you can go to our website, peermag.org, and you sub- can subscribe to the print edition. Um, it'll come right to your house. The first year is free. Um, so hit us up either on our website or social media um, just to learn a little bit more about these faith conversations. Until next time, this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. The views and opinions expressed by the Battle Line podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Salvation Army National Headquarters.